I'm, I've, uh, I've really been impressed. God was really put this, just a, a word in me of the answer. And you know, so many of us are looking for answers, aren't we? That's why I made an appointment with somebody, right? <laughs> I need some answers here. I need to know what's going on. And uh, especially in the world today, we, we have uh, the ability to figure out, find answers ourselves, right? It's like it's getting to be more and more this way. We can, it's right here. We think we have the answer to everything right here, right? Just Google it. And I, I'm grateful for that. Something happened to my Jeep. I was, I was backing out my Jeep a couple, couple days ago, and all of a sudden the, the shifter quit doing anything. And it's, it's like, I'm thinking, oh, man, the transmission's gone. You know, and I had my son, I had Hunter come, and we pulled it over here and got it out of the way. But thank goodness for YouTube and Google. I had to have Google to get to the YouTube because I searched the Google to get to the YouTube. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And I found out it's just a little plastic piece. It's only about five, uh, $5 uh, that they don't have at the local auto parts. But then, again, we have Amazon. And it's like, it's like Kim said, our guest yesterday said, Amazon was God's gift to me personally. <laughs> because it, it will come right away. Right? You know? So... <laughs> So we have this, so, and, and you know, I didn't have to take it into a shop. I did it myself, and I can do a lot of things myself. It's like my wife will t testify. I will suture myself. I will, oh, yes. you know, you can super glue yourself. You can, you can do all you kinds of stuff. Needle. You don't just super glue. You have a curved Well, I've, I've done that before, too, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm nothing like Larry. Larry's, Larry's, Larry's me, you know, on steroids. It's, it's like... <laughs> He's got scars all over the place, yeah. So, so yeah. It, it, but, but there's, a, there's. We're in this world now. Where it's a DIY world, you know. And, and we, and, and it, it, it kind of comes into everything that we're about. It's like, just tell me how to do it. Let me do it. It's like, let me do this, right? And for some things, that's okay. We can do some things that way. In fact, I'm. I, 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 I'll just kind of say this a little bit. I'm a little bit skeptical of, of some of the, even the medical approaches, especially having gone through what we went through in the last few years here. It's like, you can't just take what somebody says because they have a, a title in front of their name, you know? It's like, so you get a little bit skeptical of that and you, and, you, and you feel like you need to go find out yourself a little bit what this really is. And maybe I have a solution or two. You know, I can do this myself. But for some things... It's not just the information, it's, it's the person that you need. And I was thinking about this, you know, um, my, my brother and I, we, we, we climbed Kilimanjaro back in 1985, you know, and we weren't even planning on it. We're, we're just driving by the mountain. Hey, I think we should climb that, you know? So, so <laughs> most of the time, that, like this last time I went, I mean, you plan, you know, you get a whole list of stuff you're supposed to get. And you're, you exercise. And, and you exercise. But when you're 25, you know, it's like you don't have an extra 35 pounds you're that you're going to be carrying up there either or whatever. So, so uh, we, we just climb this. But what they make you do when you, when you climb, when you get in the park, you have to have a guide. And for my brother and I, we had one guide. And he was our porter and our guide. He was wearing two. He wasn't wearing two hats, but he was wearing two hats, you know. Um, and... And I was thinking about it, you know, uh, 
We could have said, hey, just leave us. Just tell us how to go. Just, just give us a map. Let us go. We, you know, there, there's a certain amount that you can do that. And some people are really, you know. Uh, but, but a guide is, is more than just somebody that's going to, you're going to follow his steps. He knows some things you're going to encounter that without him, not just the information, you need him. <laughs> and in the park, we needed him just to get into the park. <laughs> it wasn't just information. We couldn't just show up and say, I know how to do it. Leave me alone. Just let me go. Here, look that way. And you run past him, you know. <laughs> it's, that's not going to be the, the approach you want to take. You want to have this person because they've encountered some things that you don't know are coming. And you, need, you don't just need the information. You need the person. I think about this with a pilot. I don't, you know, you don't get on, on an airplane and say, um, I think I can fly this plane. And you just go up and say, hey, pilot, just tell me how to do it. You can go back and take a nap now. I'll, I'll get it done. No, you need him. You don't just need to know how. You, because he's been there before. He, he, he knows it, it, it's a different thing altogether. And I'm thinking about this because a lot of times, even when we're here today, we're saying, show me how to do it. Show me what to do. And a lot of times when we go to church or when we, when we go to a seminar or something, we're getting told a list of things, steps to do, right? And man, so much of what we sang about really goes to the heart of this. Jesus is not a list of things to do. He's not information. He's the answer. He is the answer. And, and he's, he's not just going to show you. He, he will give you a different thing to do. He will say things to do. But that's not what it's about. It's, you, you could do everything that he would tell you to do without him. And it would, not, it would not be the answer. And I think a lot of times in church and a lot of times in religion, we're, we're still wanting to just know how to do it. Just tell me what to do. And then we feel like we can do this. If I do it, it's going to be enough. And it's not. And actually, this is really good because it, it's, it's not the information, it's the man that we need. And so I, I want to, I just want to uncover this a little bit because we have to be learning. It, it, it's so, we just gravitate to what do I need to be doing? And there will be some things that will change. They must. <laughs> Thankfully, they can. But if it's up to us, they never will. But if it's up to him. And so that's, that's the challenge that we can learn to do is, 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 is to not let it become about what Jesus is saying to do, but let it become him. And this is what worship is about. It's, it's, don't turn this into a formula. <laughs> this is an encounter. You know, I, I, I saw something recently uh, about, uh, so the door closes to the elevator and you're standing in there with, you can put in there whoever want, this example was Elon Musk, but you know, anybody that is your epitome of, of where you're wanting to go in your life and what do you say to them at that point? You know, and, and it's a good question to ask. We're, we're standing in an elevator, the door closes, we're with Jesus. Now what are we gonna do? And it's a really good question to ask. What are we doing with our relationship with Jesus? Are we just asking for stuff? Are we just telling him our stuff and seeing if he'll hook up with our stuff? Are we just wanting to, 
but are we wanting to know him? You know, you could get off the elevator with that person, and if you haven't gotten to know them, you might have gotten a list of things, but you don't have a relationship that you can lean on later. I would rather get something that connects me to them to where I can go to them later. I was just, uh, we were talking about this, how last night with Kim and, and uh, Andrew, when we went to dinner with them, she's a therapist and has been for a Christian therapist for 17 years. And she was talking to me about how the key, and this is one of the things I love about talking to her, one of the keys with uh, counseling is, she said, people have the answer already on the inside of them, usually. It's just asking the right questions and getting them to offer what they know about themselves. And they, in that process, they actually come up with the answer. Sometimes, a lot of times, themselves. They discover it. They discover it. They become aware of it. Yes. And and because all these other things, these layers of uh, regrets and frustrations and hurts are on top of, um, they come on top of the the answer. And so then finding the answer, you have to kind of wade through all the things, thank you, to get to the answer. And so the key to me, what you're talking about here, though, is is the answer's on the inside of us. Well, that's what's cool, yeah. He, he is there. He's on the yeah. inside. And we're always looking for other things to layer and fix stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with learning and searching and educating, but when we know the answer on the inside of us, it's just acknowledging that, acknowledging him on the inside, and he will direct our path. Yeah, and then all those it's other kind of things, they, they don't come from the outside. Right. They come from the inside. That's it. And that's... That's it. That's doable. That, yeah. That's what we can do. Well, and that's a really, if you've studied leadership at all, all leadership, they, that's one of the keys with leadership is to ask questions, not tell people but have, get them to offer, ask questions, and get people to offer what they know. And then that, that brings the leadership out in people. Yeah. So. Yeah, so, so I, I thought it was really interesting because um, there's, there's a passage in John 14 that we're going to look at here real quick. And, and it's, remember Thomas? Which one was Thomas? You know what? He gets the bad rap all the time, doesn't he? But I, I've seen some of the, the uh, references to all the disciples post-resurrection. And it said, none of them believed. <laughs> but he's the one that gets the bad rap, right? Because he, he was the guy that maybe came along towards the end or something. But he, he, he was a, and I like to call him a DIYer. You know, he's the guy that says, you got to show me the marks you got to show me and show me how just show me Jesus was saying a lot of stuff and I was trying to I was trying to identify with where Thomas is coming from and and also the disciples because they were coming from a culture of to to please God you know you have to know how you have to know the law you have to know when you're messing up right and so you you study, you study how to do it, and this was your way to God. And so, so when they're hearing Jesus, now Jesus is talking, and he's actually talking about how we behave, right? He's got the, the Sermon on the Mount. He's got the Beatitudes, you know, blessed are those who do this, who don't, you know. And so they're seeing, a, oh, this is a new way. This is something. And so instead of identifying what it is, they like us, though. And, and I don't want to just say that was just 
Doubting Thomas, you know, it's like, he's not going to get it all. I'm, I, I'm going to have to identify myself in this too. It's like, he's saying, okay, Jesus, you, you're saying you're going to a different place than we're used to hearing. And you're saying some other things. And we don't know where you're going unless you tell us how to get there. What do we need to do, right? <laughs> and this is when Jesus reveals how exactly what we're talking about here. He says, it's not about YouTube. It's not about Google. It's not about Siri, you know? It says, and you know the way to where I am going. This is the interesting thing. It's like what she just said. Thomas is coming and he's saying, we don't know the way. And here, it, it, man, he reveals this. He says, you know the way. Now watch how he, how, he, how he identifies the way though. It's not a process. It's not things to do. Listen what he says. And, and, and Thomas says, no, we don't know, Lord. We have no idea where you are going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus told them, I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. But it's interesting to see what the question was first that Jesus is answering. And what he said, he said, you, do you know me? In fact, the discussion here was about the Father. He said, he's talking about the Father, right? And he says, and, and after this, he says, if you know me, you know the Father. In this verse, he's saying, if you know me, you know the way. Isn't that cool? So, Thomas has said, when, when we're talking way here, I need a list of things to do, right? And man, we can do this in our relationship with God. Show me what to do. I want to please God. I want to know what to do. And he says, I am the way. And sometimes this can be our biggest, we can experience him in worship and, we, and so we call worship music because we experience him there and we're really we can experience him in a lot of different ways because he's there all the time. And he says, you already know the way if you know me. Isn't that good? I am the answer. Whatever you got going on in your life, I'm the answer. Don't come to me to find out how to get the answer. Just come to me. It's, it's like when you go to the doctor. He doesn't have to tell you exactly why. He just writes you a prescription. And you say, okay, I'm taking it. You don't have to become a doctor to take the prescription. You just have to trust the doctor. <laughs> right? So th there is something for us to change. Let's, let's just look at this. Um, uh, Matthew 11, 28. So that's what it is. Jesus says, you already have, you already have the answer if you have me, right? Isn't that cool? So this is my, my wife's, she loves this version of this. Um, Come to me, all you who are weary. What are we weary of? Anybody ever get weary <laughs> in a relationship with God? It's like, sheesh, I, just, I guess I just haven't found out what I have to do yet. There's something I'm doing wrong because it's just not, I don't have the answer like I want, right? Or there's, or you feeling like there's no life. I think some of it is, you know, people get into a habit of doing this, doing that. And, and you lose the joy for and living. And you lose the joy. You, it becomes monotonous. It becomes, okay, what's, 
today I'm going to get in my Bible, I'm going to do this and that, and, and then it just becomes a thing that you do. And I think you have to arrest your heart and say, wait a minute, what am I doing here? I'm not just reading a Bible, I'm not just reading a Bible study, I'm not just writing some answers down for myself, because I have a plethora of Bible studies that I've done through the years, and I've kept them, and I think, man, what do I have these for? What are they doing for me? But that's the key. What are they doing for me? It's, it's knowing him and what he is in me and through me that is the key. Not focusing on what I'm doing, but right. enjoying his presence Actually in enjoying the midst him. of it. I was thinking, can I just be a little personal? No. <laughs> she gets real nervous when I, I start doing this. I never know what he's going to say. Because I was, I was thinking, <laughs> okay, we're mostly adults in here, I guess. Somebody's occupied on something else, so maybe they won't notice. But, um, you know, there, there's intimacy between couples. But, um, oh, no. See, yeah. <laughs> Where is he going? <laughs> and, and I enjoy what my wife does for me. Man, I love a home-cooked meal. It's like, I'm going to eat it because every bite feels like love, you know? Which I don't. I'm experiencing love. And, and, and because her hands prepared this. And it's like, uh, am, I, am I goofy as a guy? Am, am, I, am I losing my um, guy side? I, you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, right. There's a, <laughs> Yeah, Does as long count? as she's not feeding me something that's going to hurt me. You know? Does it count <laughs> if I bought it and brought it to you? <laughs> but sometimes, I, I remember this when, when the kids were just really little. I would come in from working like a night job or something, and I liked to just go in there and lay on the bed next, and not, not anything else, just there. You know what I mean? And it's like you're just soaking up the presence she doesn't have to do anything. I just like being there. Does that make? Does anybody identify with that? <laughs> this happened. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So we we understand what we're talking about. It, it's it's like there's no other reason than just them. Does that make sense? <laughs> I got one I got man. one one, one over here that's really going for it. <laughs> yeah, you know, and sometimes sometimes it. it this relationship with, we have with God, it, it's not supposed to just be about working to try to get stuff and try to figure out to get him to like us more. It's just about him. And that's what Jesus is saying in this passage. It's such, such a wonderful thing. He said, it's not a, uh, if you're tired in your religion, it's not about me. <laughs> it's about stuff. Can you see it? Let's, let's just read it. You want to read this? Um, I can. Do you have, have it? Why I have you? it right in front of me. All right, you read it. I'm oh, already there. Okay, cool. Come to me, all you who No, 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 no. I want you to you read want? your version of it, the message version. Oh, yeah, I do like it, how it says it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got it now. Uh, starting at 28? 20, let's go through 30, yeah. Are you tired? Anybody tired? <laughs> worn out? Anybody worn out? Burn. No, we're not. We're the ones. No, I'm just kidding. We're on the other side of this. <laughs> Burn out on religion. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest 
walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. This is God. Now, this is my favorite part. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. That means you're not having to do them, right? It's unforced. Yeah. And there's a rhythm. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. You'll learn to live freely and lightly. Isn't that good? Freely and you know, this is lightly. something. This that is, means joy. This is something that, that, that like. Um, you can laugh. If you're learning something, the best way to learn it is not from a book. It's from a, from a mentor. Where you go and you imitate what they're doing. And it's interesting from our, our Bible reading in 1 Corinthians this, this week. Uh, Paul was saying that. He started off, I forget which chapter it was, maybe um, 11. Um, but he said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Because there's things about what we've gotten in Christ that can't be learned from a law. What we're learning in him, we learn by uh, imitation. By, by emulation, by, by doing what we see. It's, it's something that you can't learn from just the brain because it's, it's your spirit that is, is, is responding. Mm -hmm. um, it's 11.1. 11.1. Okay, 11.1. All right. Yeah, 11.1. I'm fact uh, First Corinthians 11.1. And, and, and he says, because, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand Paul because Paul is, is like the founder of this new way, which sounds like the way to do stuff, right? And, and, and how is he going to get people out of this I have to do things thing? He says, imitate me. And then he comes up with, he, he's actually emulating what Jesus said here. Come follow me. Come be with me. That's what we're called in Christ to do is to come be with him. Not figure out how to do stuff first. You know, it's, it's kind of like a child. If you can have a child with, uh, and it's interesting, you, my dad is, is, he just turned 90, and it's funny, I get people commenting saying, I see that you're more like your dad. And it's like, uh oh. <laughs> I'm telling you. She's glasses. worried about my glasses. She thinks <laughs> with my glasses, I look more like my dad. But I've had people saying my mannerisms are like my dad. And where did I get that? It wasn't just because uh, I came out of my mom's womb with his seed. No, it was, it was being with him. There's things he does. The way he held his hands when he played the guitar. There, there's things that, that you only get by imitation. I have something really good to add. Oh, to that. good. Okay. So, as you're talking, I'm thinking about this. This is fun. How, <laughs> how, okay, so ever since I've, you guys, most of y'all know our story, um, but ever since I've been with my husband, he, he's a classical guitarist by degree. And so, when we first married, he used to play, practice the guitar three hours a day. Drive me crazy. But anyway, so, um, <laughs> So, but now I've learned to enjoy when he's sitting up in the man cave, he plays these classical pieces <laughs> that I've heard for years and years and years, and I have an appreciation for it. Now, our boys, when they started hearing him play, there wasn't a, a real desire to follow after him, to learn what he did. In fact, Hayden kind of had his own Style. He's got a different drummer. And he, he, yeah. he does, he, but he's amazing. And Hunter, the same. He has yeah. his own. But what I was going to say is they, they have 
they never wanted to sit and listen to you. you. They didn't want you to mentor them because they wanted to do it their own way. And eventually, they figured out that dad knew something. And they submitted themselves to him to a degree. Uh, and, they're still figuring and now it out. They're, and even Hayden now <laughs> is saying, Dad, I want you to show me this. I want you to show me that. Because now they're wanting to, to imitate some of your patterns, some of your ways in their own f flavor. Yeah. And what I like about that is God's created each one of us to be individuals. We're not to all be the same, a bunch of, you know, robots. So but we're, that gifting is in there. we're created in the image of him. But, be, but that creation on the inside gives us the ability to be the best us that he's made us to be. So we can be imitators of him. But then he's, and this is something that Kim talked about yesterday, we're not to compare to one another. We can be imitators of him, but in that likeness, there's a creativity that comes out of us where we can be different, but yet we're imitating. We all follow him and we all look different. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's yeah. similar to what I'm saying because yeah. Hayden is a, you know, he's a rock and roll kind of dude and a hunter gravitates more towards, you know, the worship ballads. He likes all that. So, but they play that way, but they've learned because of some of the habits that you've set the example. For. Well, and some of the things that I've noticed is, and they're, neither one of them are in here, so I can talk. <laughs> Hayden's coming back. Hurry. Oh, he's coming back. <laughs> but what, I've, what I've noticed is there's some, there's some innate things in them that they might not play the way I do, but they hear music in similar ways. Yes. I've, I've noticed that more when they start yes. to write their own stuff. I'm thinking, ah, uh, there, there's some influence there maybe. You know, it's, and, and I think that's the way... I think music is a very good example of what God does for us because uh, it's, it's not going to be like anybody else. And yes, it, yet it's a melody that comes from a hard expression that um, yeah. is coming from God. And uh, there's, there's, there's an ability to do that. You know, I'm just going to hit this last, the 30th verse again, though, because he, he doesn't say um, uh, follow all the rules and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. He says, Come be with me. Just come be with me. And here's the thing that I want to challenge us with because when we do things our own way, it will not work and, and we'll be frustrated and we'll be tired and we'll, and we'll get... Uh, there's no grace. There's, there's no place. grace for that. There's no rest in that. Um, and so learning how, how to, to be with him and allow him to guide us, there will be some changes that will take place. So this is a wonderful version that my wife likes to, to use. But there's another word used in the King James Version that is my yoke is easy mm -hmm. and my burden is light. So there is a yoke. What does that mean? That means if you're going to go with him, if you're going to be an imitator of God, it's going to be his way that you're following, right? Yeah. And here's what makes it good because we, you know, if you try to, to yoke up, you know, animals to pull something and one of them's not wanting to go with the other one, you're not going to go anywhere, right? There's got to be submission to a leader. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He says, Come to me. We're going to do some things. Your life is going to change. You're going to have to not just go your own way. But what you're going to find out is that it works. And, and for some reason, I mean, I, I've identified with this. But I'm going to have to give up 
my own life. It's going to be terrible. And he said, no, actually, it's going to fit much better than whatever that thing is you think you're following now because we're all yoked up to something, yeah. right? And he says, just yoke up with me. And what you're going to find is it fits much better than that thing that you have on you now. Mm-hmm. It's going to work better, mm-hmm. right? Can I, can yeah. I just looked up with the word yoke and it, what it means. Of course, we know what it means, but it says it's a wooden beam used to help carry or pull heavy objects by distributing the weight evenly on both shoulders and can be used by humans and animals alike. So I'm just thinking about how there's a, a distribution of the weight. And, and really, yoked, he's carrying it. You you're just, you're just something. going along with him. Right. Yeah. And he says, my yoke is easy. So if it's not, if you're feeling like you're heavy laden and there's a heaviness with your walk, then you're yoked up to the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're not with him. Right. Yeah. Because he says, when you're doing it with me, it's going to be good. It's going to be easy. Yeah. And you can do this. Isn't that great? Yeah. Let's look at what a yoke is a little bit. So I've got the question here. What is his yoke and how is it easy? He said, you're going to come, come be with me. You're going to change some things. But what is that going to look like a little bit? Okay. So let's look at John 10. And knowing him, it's not life removal. And, and this is what the enemy wants to tell us. We're going to have to lose something, right? Actually, Jesus said, unless you lose your life, you're not going to find it. So there is going to be the removal, but it's not going to be something that's going to be bad, yeah, right? right? It's actually life discovery. So when Jesus said, when you lose your life, that's when you actually find it. Yeah. When we find, when we let go of some of these things, there's going to be a need to be a change. And here's what I want to encourage us with. There, there is a way of righteousness. There is a way of holiness, but it's not a, because I've heard this sometimes myself in, in my life, uh, like a sermon. You got to stop doing this. You got to stop doing this. God's not going to like you if you're not doing this. And, and you know, we saw, Kim was showing us, there's people that have been damaged psychologically because of that. Yeah, that you got to do this, all this stuff in order to please God. And God said, no, you just got to come be with me, mm-hmm. right? All the other stuff falls into line. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a certain amount of those things that will happen. We'll become a disciplined person with regard to that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't start with the discipline side. Right. It starts with the heart side. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. All right, so let's look at John 10, 9 through 10. I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life, may have life, and that they may have, I am come that they might have life and have, I don't know what happened to my uh, thing there, I must have mm-hmm. got disengaged there somehow. But he says, I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly, right? Yeah. So I, I'm seeing this with, with regard to this, what are we doing thing? Because we are yoked up to something. So what the thief wants to come to do, and he says, I got a way over here for you to go. I got a way. And it might even look like religion. And it might even look like something that we think we have to do. But it's not, it's, it's the flesh. It's something that, that we're looking on the outside. We, we, I have to do something on the outside. Yeah. And, and Jesus is saying, you already know the way he's on the inside. You got to let it come from the inside out. And, um, and, and he's, he, he compares himself to, to the thief. He says, you come in through me and you'll move easily. It will be right. You'll, you'll have confidence. You'll have strength. You'll be able to rest. Here's the problem with the other ways. 
is you can't even sleep at night, right? <laughs> you're, you're anxious. Things aren't working. He says, the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy, but I've come that you can have life and have it more abundantly. It's the real deal. Yeah. You're not losing life. Yeah. You're finding it. There's just a, a quote by Charles Spurgeon. It says, the truth was in Jesus. The truth that was in Jesus was never palatable to carnal man. The carnal man, meaning the man who followed after the flesh, the man who tried to understand everything through the mind of the flesh. And we've talked about this with the ladies, that uh, it's a, the importance of walking in the spirit so that you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh and you don't follow after ways that are not of God or in the spirit. And that's what produces the fruitful life. We don't have a fruitful life, even, even if we're trying to do everything right. We're trying to run through the hoops and do all the stuff and make everything right. And we're bearing this burden, this, this yoke. We're yoked up to the wrong thing. We feel like the results are contingent upon our actions. Exactly. But yeah. it's not. Jesus already paid the price. He already did everything. So it's all about us getting in him. So all we need to do is, is lay on the bed next to him. <laughs> Just get in Just him. Soak. I'm serious. Yeah. We need to soak up his presence. That's he what said, we were talking about earlier yeah. during worship. Yeah, well, and I thought our worship, that's yeah. what it's about. It's just, just enjoying the presence. the presence of God. And that's why the Holy Spirit has come to help us with that. Yeah. Uh, in, in so many ways. Um, and that's where you find out who you are. That's where your identification comes. So I will just put this out there. If you are not spending time with God in his presence, not just in his presence, knowing him, then you probably don't know you. You don't know who you are. And the whole world... This and you is, don't know the way. This is a, You don't know the way. The whole world right now, we're having an identification crisis because we are in a fatherless nation right now. The fathers haven't taken their place and there's lack of leadership in our nation right now in a big way. And because of that, there is an identification crisis. And so this goes back to this. When you know the father, you know who your father is, you know who you are. Yeah, that's good. And you can't push me off of that. You yeah. can't push me out of that because I know who my father is and I know who I have become because of him and because of Christ in me. So the number one thing we need to do is... is Philippians 3.10, right? Yes. We're laughing because this is my favorite verse. And I asked him one day if he knew what my favorite verse, and he didn't know what it was. So now he knows it really well. <laughs> and he likes to make sure that I know that. Philippians 3.10, for my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving, listen to all these words, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clear, clearly, and that I may in that same way come to know the power. So I'm not only just knowing him, but I'm knowing, I'm having an understanding of the power outflowing from his resurrection. It, you know why it's important I understand the power? Because it ex it's exerted over me, over believers. That power, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it's in me, it's quickening my mortal body. And that I may so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed 
in the spirit, into his likeness, even to his death in the hope. And I really believe what this is talking about. People don't want to hear the S word, the sufferings word. And we liken that to what I'm going through right now. That's my suffering. I believe the suffering is the dying to self. It's the crucifying of the flesh. It's the, I'm not moved by what I see, what I feel, what I hear, but I'm only moved by what the word of God says. It's the intentional living. It's being determined that I'm going to know him and the power of his resurrection, and it doesn't matter what I have to lay down to get to that place to know him. That is what's most important in my life. And sometimes it requires suffering. Sometimes it requires attention. Sometimes it requires taking time. Sometimes it requires giving up something. Sometimes it, it's going to hurt me a little bit. I'm going to not have time for some other things because I got to make time for this because it's the most important thing in my life is to know him and to know the power of his resurrection. What's really cool about this is this is what we already want. Uh-huh. It's just yielding to it and, and, and not trying to put over it this, this, um, Religious. Because that can almost sound like another thing we got to do, right? Um, yeah. It, it, but to never, and, and that can happen in a marriage too, where we feel like we have to start. Oh, I got to bring her another flower today. Do you do that? No, I, no. I'm, <laughs> it can happen in other kind of relationships. <laughs> is my point? It, oh. Is is when you you're just doing those because you feel like you have to do that. You don't it, do that. I don't. No, I, I savor every moment. And, and when did I get fun. flowers? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> See, she's turning it into a do or don't thing. Yeah, I'm teasing. Uh, now, let's just be together. Let's not talk about flowers. No. Oh. Uh. It's okay. <laughs> I'm over it. But, <laughs> but in, in the process of that, learning how, because there has to be a disengaging from this mindset of having to do and a spirit-to-spirit -spirit savoring of who they Response. already are. Response. Savoring of what you already have Yeah. there. And, and, and we can do nothing to deserve Jesus. Right. Nothing we do makes us enough. I know. No. Yes, I do. Okay. Hopefully, the presence, my presence, makes you respond and want to do things. Ditto. It's, it's not, That's exactly what we're It's not going. a have to. It's a want to. It's out coming of out of response yeah. because of our relationship. And yeah. that's what happens with us, with him, is there's a response. Not a have to, not a legalistic way. This is what I do because I have to. It's my response because I love him and I want to be in his presence. And, and, and that's and that's honor. That's what we do with God when we give. It's not because we're trying to get anywhere. Right. It's because what we've already received. We, he's we such honor. a wonderful God that we just can't help but respond. Yes. And give. Right. Amen. Let, let's look at the yoke just a little bit more here that real quick, because this is something we already have. Um, Colossians 2.9. Um, it's the removal of chains. Uh, he, he says, my yoke is easy. What I'm coming to do is, is, is to actually remove things that are bondages. Um, there's, there, it, it talks about an anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. And what that is, is it's his life becomes so big that those other things can't even remain anymore. Uh, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ. This is something that you have already in him. He was the head over every ruler and authority. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised. What does that mean? But not by a physical procedure. 
Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. He said those things that, that you feel like you have to get rid of yourself. <laughs> All of us have some, sometimes it's just a private thing. It's, it's like a, a thing that God, get rid of this in my life. I can't stand this thing because it's like a, a stronghold, you know, that, that makes you feel insecure even towards God. And God said, you know what? Let's don't focus on that. Let's focus on us. Because if we can come together, I will break those things off of you. The more you're around me, the more those things will lose their hold on you. You'll be able to start hearing chains break when you're in my presence. It's overcoming evil with good. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Isn't that good? Mm -hmm. So when he's talking about yoking up with me, there will be the removal of these things. We, you know, I heard some lady talking about this. She, she said, if you still have things in your life that are strongholds, it's because you love them. You still love them. You're st you want to do those things. You're f and if you're going to the Bible to find loopholes to keep doing stuff that, that, that is not part of yoking up with Jesus, you're not going to find them. Because to yoke up with Jesus, some other stuff's going to go. But you don't get rid of that stuff to yoke up with him. You yoke up with him and they go. Amen? So it's, it's a freedom thing. It's, it's not a bondage. It's not, he's not putting a yoke on us. He's not putting another yoke of you got to stop, stop this before you get me. He says, no, you get me right now. In your worst state, you get me right now. But you need to come to me. And you need to yoke up with me. That's all he's asking. Isn't this good? So many answers we have. You know, a lot of times we can carry a weight of oppression and, and we can go back and we can look for reasons why that's happened. Somebody's done something to us and, and we look to how great forgiveness is. And when you yoke up with Jesus, you take on mercy. You take on everything about him that removes the power of anything we've experienced to follow us around with the cloud of oppression and to say that you are mine, you are mine. You say, no, no, I'm following somebody else here. And we're going to a place of freedom and joy. Amen? Isn't that good? All right. I've just got a couple more here. Um, second Peter. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay, well, go ahead. <laughs> we're just being led here. I'm now. not going to put you, a yoke on you. Okay. All right. I don't receive it. Okay, so this is in the uh, my Bible study. These are some study notes, and they, they go into... After Philippians 3.10, uh, my determined purpose is to know him and to know the power of the resurrection of Christ. Um, it talks about, it's just a little write-up here, and I think it's really applicable to what we're talking about. It's, it says growing in knowing, that there's a place of, uh, for us to grow in knowing him. And this passage sums up Paul's primary pursuit in life to know Christ. That was his primary pursuit. If you read his readings, from a prison cell... In Rome, Paul pins his personal letter in which he comes to terms with an accomplished past and a confining present. After this past, as a persecutor of God's people and through his superior religious activities as a Pharisee, we all know what Paul did. He, he persecuted Christians. And then he had that moment where he got knocked off the horse and, and became Paul. Yeah, Paul came to the liberating conclusion that all is rubbish compared to knowing the Lord. Freed from the stagnation of yesterday's victories and emotional par paralysis of yesterday's mistakes, Paul knew that the only thing that ultimately counted was knowing the Lord and being obedient to his will. Not only was his past sub 
subsumed by his singular passion, his present imprisonment could not snatch him from the joy of knowing Christ. In the midst of being in prison, it did not take his joy because he had Christ right there. Prison chains could not keep him from pursuing God, nor <laughs> dull his effectiveness in ministry. <laughs> he was in prison, and it didn't dull his effectiveness. Paul's desire to know Christ sprang from no other motive but to enjoy him. He Isn't that wanted, good? He wanted Christ for Christ's sake. He wanted Christ for Christ's sake, not for his own. He was a lover of God, not a user of God. And whether wow, that's great. he moved in Christ's resurrection power or was stretched to his last ounce of endurance, it mattered little. For Paul, it was all a part of the most fulfilling journey of all, truly knowing God. Yeah. That was his purpose. My and and you, purpose. you find, you, you get him and you get everything that's in him. Yeah. You get you know, this Second Peter just talks about all the promises that we get. When we're yoking up with him, there's going to be things that we find there. That we're, it's not going to just be things that fall off of us. It's going to be things that get on us that are God. The divine nature of God we get in that place. But we're never pursuing those things. This is, this is where we have to be forewarned, I think, is, is that we don't start pursuing those things or we miss out. It's never about... <laughs> How to fly a plane. It's about the pilot. We, we go for the pilot. Amen? All right. I've just got one more here. And this, man, this is such a powerful one. Because a lot of times grace can be uh, used to say that, that we don't have to do anything at all. And, and as if we don't have to yoke up with God. He's just going to carry the wagon for us. We're just going to watch while he does everything. And he says, no, no we're going to yoke up together. We're going to do stuff together. And I like Titus 2, 11, and it says, for the free gift of eternal salvation is now being offered to everyone. That means it's, it's already ours, right? And along with this gift comes the realization that God wants us to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures and to live good, God-fearing lives day after day. He has a way for us to go. You know, and this goes on to say, in our in our our anticipation is kind of like what you're talking about. It's the anticipation is always for him. Not for things to turn out well. We're not, we're not putting things on a time clock. I, I don't know why this hasn't happened. These things, uh, we have things that we're believing for, but what is our pursuit? If our pursuit is him, we're always going to be gratified. We're always going to be satisfied in him. That's why Paul can, can, can be joyful in the midst of, of something that is overwhelming in the natural. And, and if that's taking place, we have somewhere we can go. We, do. we don't have to stay underneath anything. He says, That's the answer. It really is. I mean, I know I quote the scripture all the time, but when we're going through trials, when we're going through times, in everything give thanks because it's the will of God. Why is it the will of God? Because it's the way of escape. No matter, not for what you're going through, but in it, in the midst of going through hard times, we have to give thanks. We have to give praise. And when we're giving praise and giving thanks, that's partic participating in his presence. That's activating the power that we have in his presence. That's letting praise be magnified, him being magnified above our circumstances. Because if all we can do is talk about and focus on our circumstances, it's getting magnified. It's becoming a God in our lives. Yeah. And he's not, there's no other gods before him. 
So we cannot allow our circumstances and our things that we're going through, no matter what it is, if even, even if it's a positive thing, it cannot be exalted above him and his presence. So, so this, this has to be practiced. Yeah. You know, for me too, it's like we have, to, we have to remind ourselves, I'm not here in God's presence for him to do stuff for me. I'm just here to enjoy him. The things, Jesus said, seek you first the kingdom of God and, all, and his righteousness. All these things follow after you. What is our pursuit? Our single pursuit is his presence. I'd like to just, can we do this together? Can we just practice this together? There's a song I want to sing, and if we can get ready here real quick, it, it says, this is why, and this is why coming together, like I said earlier, is so, so important because we have a singleness during the time when we're in worship. I don't like to just call that worship, but, but when we're singing songs unto God, there's a, there's a coming together where we can practice exactly what we're talking about. And I encourage us during this time to set aside whatever else is going on in our life. Any kind of oppression, any kind of, any kind of worry, anxiety, to just let it be put aside. Cast the care of that aside and let's just savor his presence. Can we do that? And, and in the process of this, you know, Jesus said, in the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. That's, that means be glad. That's something you do. You decide, I'm going to be glad in, my, in the presence of my Savior. Well, I hear it as a command. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, that, and if he's commanding us to do it, it's kind of like uh, you were saying, he's put this ability in us. It's kind of like the gifts that he's put in. It's not going to look like somebody else. When I experience him, I might not run around the place like somebody else. I might. And I encourage you. Let's res- it, there's going to be emotion. It's going to affect who we are. It has to. Or something else is. We either right? respond either through emotion or frustration or anger or we talk about it that's a response and so our response needs to be this direction we're responding because of the presence of God so we're not frustrated and mad and angry about things but we're saying okay Lord I'm going to turn to you because you are the answer you are my answer and so my response now in the midst of whatever it is I'm going through is to lift praises and there's, there's a, an expression of thanksgiving, and there's joy that comes because of it. Amen?